Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to episode 16 of The Spicious Grin. And your category last week, Frank, was Road Trips Gone Awry. So what did you come up with for this week? All right. So when you gave me the Spencer Grin category on Wednesday, I had a pretty solid idea of the movie I wanted to watch. Um, it's a movie that I've been holding off on watching for the better part of a decade almost um despite being like reading on whatever like dreaded and other internet forums about how good it was um but then you kind of brought up to me over the course of the weekend that maybe i should like you thought that i would look at doing like a comedy mm-hmm. and i thought that that probably is the more reasonable choice um so in true spin chagrin fashion i watch both movies <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, so the Spencer Grin movie is going to be the comedy. <laughs> you're you're going to be watch. up like seven movies by the time we get to the end of the year here. Yeah, I know. There's for there, there definitely are categories that have the possibility of being, you know, multiple, um, multiple stop uh, episodes. So we're going to talk about the movie that gave me the chagrin, and then um, we'll talk about the other one because I don't know. Really, there's a couple categories like for the regular podcast that could fit in, but um, I just want to talk about it now. So. So the Chagrin movie for the week is uh, 2010's Due Date, which is um, ostensibly a comedy directed by Todd Phillips, uh, stars Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and Zach Galifianakis in the two lead roles and supported by um, Michelle Monaghan, Juliette Lewis, and Jamie Foxx. <sighs> do, you know, have you, do you know about this movie? Have you ever seen this movie? No. Okay. So let me first I, say that I stay away from road trip movies, man. You definitely see the genesis of Todd Phillips directing the Joker in this movie. Hmm. Um, in the sense that comedy is definitely not his forte, regardless of like the fact that his entire um, filmography, filmography is-, is basically comedies. Right. Um, in particular, the Hangover movies, I guess, is what he's most known for. Um, but also Road Trip and some other stuff. Old um, school, too. Yeah, old school. Uh, I don't think Road Trip is a bad movie. Um, I mean, it's not, like, great or anything, but there's some some funny stuff in it that I recall, although it's been, like, 20-plus years since I've seen it. Um, and there's some stuff in old school that I think are think is okay. Um, yeah, this movie. So <clears throat> the premise of this film is... Robert Downey Jr. is a successful architect uh, who's white, who's on a road trip and whose wife is home um, pregnant uh, pretty much at her due date with their first child. Okay. So he's out of town. She's due in a week's time. So he's flying back to um, be there for the birth of his child, you know, obviously. Runs afoul of... Galifianakis's character, um, whose name is Ethan, Thin, Ethan Tremblay. Mm-hmm. Um, Downey Jr.'s character's name is Peter Hyman, but not spelled like right. The female, you know, part of the female anatomy is spelled like H I G H M A N. And honestly, they only like use that for one one joke. <clears throat> and it's kind of a subtle joke like i 
as soon as he said it, I was like, oh my God, there's going to be like all kinds of like deflowering jokes here or something. Um, but that's not, that's not how it goes. Okay. It's much worse. Um, so basically the way they set this premise up is that, uh, Hyman is getting dropped off at the airport. Um, and as he's getting out of his town car, this beat up station wagon comes and knocks the door off of the town car. Mm -hmm. And Galifianakis's Tremblay character gets out and is just this scruffy, dirty looking hippie guy who's carrying his um, small dog in like a handbag. Um, they both set their bags down and Galifianakis knocks over um downey jr's bag and then they pick their stuff up and they go <clears throat> and as they're going as what's his name downey jr is going through um security they pull a bag out like a plastic or a paper um you know like magazine store bag i guess or whatever mm -hmm. and it's got a mad magazine and a um hash pipe in it and there's this really like awkward exchange between Downey Jr. and the security guard, but they let him get on the plane. <clears throat> he's in first class, he's relaxing, and all of a sudden Galifianakis sits down behind him <clears throat> and starts like talking crazy shit. And it says something along the lines of like he makes some statements about um a bomb and explosions and Danny Jr. is like, look, like you can't say stuff like that on, on a plane. Like, you know, you get us in trouble. And then for no reason, um, the air marshal comes up and is like, you're going to have to get off this plane. And Danny Jr., because he's like a prick in the movie, says, oh, I'm going to get off this plane. Like, fuck you, buddy. I'm not getting off this plane. He's like, sir, come to the front with me. And Danny Jr. argues with him. So the air marshal shoots him with a rubber bullet. Um, so then he's in whatever like the holding area of the airport and the guy that's there is like look you know it seems like it was a misunderstanding um we need you to sign this like release form saying that we didn't do you any like real harm or intend to hurt you but you're on a no-fly list and you can never get on a plane again so this is the setup right so Downey Jr. doesn't have any of his stuff um, because the plane took off without him. So his bags were on there. So he's got none of his bags. Can't find his wallet, has no money. So he can't rent a car. So Galifianakis pulls up and says, hey, you know, hey, friend, like, what a crazy mix up. Let's we're both going across the country. Let's travel together. So Downey Jr. is like, there's no fucking way I'm traveling with you. But then he's like, OK, I guess I'll travel with you. Uh, so then that happens. Mm -hmm. So then they're driving. They're in Atlanta, I think, is where they start. And they have to drive from Atlanta to Los Angeles in the span of a couple of days. Okay. So then that's where all the Arai shit happens. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really uncomfortable scene with uh, Kenny Powers. Um, I can never remember that actor. Kenny McBride. Yeah. yeah um where he's a uh paraplegic war veteran 
that Downey Jr. like insults and calls a bunch of bad names, and then Danny McBride um beats him up with okay. like a police baton, like one of those extending right, like, uh-huh. military batons. Um, and it's just really uncomfortable and awkward. And then, oh, so the setup there is that. And I don't like I don't know why it takes them like a whole day of driving to like get to this point. But Downey Jr.'s like, well, since you have your ID, I can just have my wife wire money to you. And then you can take the money out and we can, you know, like have money to get across country. Because um Galifianakis had two hundred and sixty dollars, but spent two hundred dollars of it on getting weed from Juliet Lewis. Um because he has glaucoma and he needs the weed to see um so that's the thing that happens oh and in that scene robert downey jr punches a child in the stomach because Mm. the child is being annoying Mm. and then tells the kid if you tell anybody i'll beat the shit out of you and this is your you know this is your hero okay so i want to um i want to stop you real quick real quick okay all right am i supposed to as a viewer do you think of this movie be kind of rooting for the bad things to happen to the Downey Jr. character? Like, is some uh, of this, like, am I supposed to feel like he's getting some comeuppance because he's a prick? But I think you're also supposed to kind of feel that about the Galifianakis character because he's such a... He's so obtuse and, like, like almost willfully obtuse. Mm-hmm. He's just a jackass, kind of. Um, so neither character is necessarily like a pro, like a likable protagonist in any way. No. So let me... <clears throat> Let's take a pause for a second. Uh-huh. It's pretty routinely discussed on the podcast that I'm not a huge fan of most comedies. Right. <clears throat> and it's always like, well, why doesn't Frank like comedy? You know, what's wrong with Frank, right? This is my point. Like, this whole movie is nothing but schadenfreude, right? Like, it's not comedy, necessarily. It's just, it's comedy if you're cool with watching people treat each other poorly and have terrible things happen to them as a result. And you just like to see, like, I don't know. You just like to see people be terrible. Like, cause both of these people are terrible people. Like there's nothing really, sure. I mean, Danny jr. Is like maybe a good husband and seems to love his wife, but he's pretty shitty to like everybody else that he talks to. Right. That terrible anger management issues. And Galifianakis is easygoing, but he's like super needy and super annoying, and he violates personal space all the time. There's a scene where they're sleeping in the car, and um, in order to go to sleep, uh, Galifianakis has to masturbate. Mm-hmm. So Robert Downey Jr. is laying in the driver's seat, like right next to him, while he's masturbating. Jesus! And he's like, "Oh, it's only going to take me 35 minutes." <laughs> um. And there's just this, the implication that Galifianakis' dog eats his semen. And it's just all these, like, really weird, like, yeah. off, off-putting things that happen in this movie. So. Yeah, that's, that's so, off-putting. Yeah. They sort of, they sort of kind of, like, form some sort of, like, small bond, um, talking about their fathers because um the reason galifianakis uh 
was where he was was to pick up his father's ashes because his father just passed away and Downey Jr.'s father left him when he was young like basically said he was going out for cigarettes and never came back and so Downey Jr. had no relationship with his father so they're kind of they kind of bond over you know that although Galifianakis talks about his dad and he's like you know I love my dad and my dad always supported me and um, Galifianakis is by the way going to Los Angeles to become an actor he wants to act on two and a half men um that's one of the running gags is that he's going to go beyond two and a half men <clears throat> he's never auditioned for anything and never acted anything but he feels like he can be an actor hmm. so they're sitting outside of like a hotel at one point or something so Galifianakis can smoke his weed and he's like talking about how much he loves his dad and how his dad always supported him and then Downey Jr. is like you know I never knew my dad you know, like he basically you know like I loved him when I was young and then he like left and didn't tell me he was leaving and never contacted me since like I haven't talked to him since and Galifianakis is like starts laughing at him and is like oh man my dad wasn't like that at all my dad loved me <laughs> like and it's just so like inappropriately shitty and it mm. just comes out of nowhere and it's completely like counterintuitive to the character that they built for this guy which is this dude that you know at least like tries to love everyone and whatever right um so after they started to bond a little bit um they're driving and Downey Jr. is sleeping because he's been driving all night and Galifianakis falls asleep at the wheel and then drives the car off a bridge and gets him in this terrible car accident where Downey Jr. breaks his arm and his collarbone. Um, so then there's this plot device where one of Downey Jr.'s friends, um, who's played by Jamie Foxx, who's a some kind of professional athlete, maybe a football player or something. Okay. Um, lives somewhere nearby of where they are so they can go to his house and so he's like oh man you know like i'll just lend you a car like you take one of my cars and you can drive you know all the way to all the way to los angeles and then when i come out for the birth of your kid you know at the end of the week like i'll just have my car shipped back so he knows downey jr because he knew downey jr's wife in college and they were like best friends and okay. like had some uh, had some romance like in college but then when she met Downey Jr like she fell in love with him and got married to him and so then Galifianakis spends the entire movie the rest of the movie trying to convince Downey Jr that Jamie Foxx is fucking his wife um cuz that's funny right and then there's a scene where so Downey, so Galifianakis's father's ashes are in a um, chock full of nuts coffee can, um, and Jamie Fox makes coffee with his father's ashes, and they drink them, and he's like, "Oh, where'd you get the coffee from?" He's like, "Oh, it's coffee you had," and they're all like, "Like spit take," mm -hmm. and then Jamie Fox kicks him out of the house for making him drink a dead guy's ashes, even though it's his own fucking fault anyway. So then, I don't know. It's it's it, there's. I don't even know how to describe this movie in like the context of how bad I thought it was. Because honestly, Robert Downey Jr. is a good actor. 
And I think Zach Galifianakis is not a bad actor for being like a comedic actor, whatever. I mean, like, I think he can do some good stuff. I think he's got good delivery. They're both. So there's, and Todd Phillips is honestly not a bad director. So there's so many things in this movie that are like, would be fine if it wasn't because it's really just a ripoff of planes trains and automobiles right but without any of like the charm of john candy and steve martin um so anyway so then hold on let, let, let's take let's take a break yeah um let's analyze like the comedy thing a little bit further as we get through so i like comedies overall like much more than you do but th- what I think you hate is I think you hate like modern mainstream comedies mostly. I think that you hate like by modern I I think like kind of like late nineties two thousands on, like you really start to despise them, and I don't like those either. And what you're describing to me is not something I would like. This is like this is vignettes. Like, where it's, like, somebody has come up with, like, this idea. It's, like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, the ashes are used to make coffee? And, okay, let's work this into the script in some way. And they come up with these inane ideas. Like, wouldn't it be, f- let's have the dog eat the semen. Like, well, like, they don't show the dog eat the semen. They just imply that it's happened in the past. <laughs> sure, that's fine. Um weird joke okay weird joke like it's like supposed to be shock humor i think in some way like oh my god that's so disgusting or whatever i i don't like any of this stuff either um so i just want to make that clear because i i want to bring up like the comedy stuff after you're finished with this but it's like i'm really just disgusted by the plot of the story and like how it's playing out like this is not something i would enjoy like whatsoever so um i'm just going to keep drinking while you finish off um <laughs> the rest of this because it's bad it's it sounds really bad okay so they borrow a range rover from jamie fox and uh they're in dallas at this point ish somewhere around there so they still have like a couple days left to drive and another one of the running jokes is that galifianakis wants to go to the grand canyon because he's always wanted to go and that's where he wants to dump his father's ashes and robert denny jr is like fuck you even though galifianakis is the one that rented the car and is like providing him like has gone out of his way to try and help this guy get home for the birth of his wife when he could have just like left him um although that comes up again later too so um so as they're driving afterwards they bond again and robert downey jr gets high with galifianakis and they have this like they're they're listening to that pink floyd song the fuck the hey you do 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 i don't know what the song is but Uh, not a big pink floyd fan really um so they bond and fuck wait what happens somehow robert denny jr oh galifianakis is high when they're driving and ends up driving them into mexico instead of the other direction 
And so Robert Downey Jr. gets arrested in Mexico. But then Zach Galifianakis steals a police truck, like a like a pickup truck that the police use, and breaks Robert Downey Jr. out of jail. And then they flee. And then they go to the Grand Canyon to dump Downey Jr. or Galifianakis' dad's ashes. Because they took the, the coffee grinds out of the coffee pot and put them back in the coffee can so there would still mm. be some ashes left. So while they're there, um, Robert Downey Jr. is like, uh, oh, so there was a scene early in the movie where um, Downey Jr. got up a lot earlier than Galifianakis and the keys were there and he left the dog and Galifianakis's luggage on the side of the um, motel and just left them there, like drove off and the dad's ashes were in the car. So there's a scene where Robert Downey Jr. is talking to the father's ashes on like an overpass and then feels bad about leaving this guy um, and decides to go back and get him and comes back with Dunkin' Donuts. And he's like, oh, I thought you left me. And he's like, oh, no, buddy. Like, I just, you know, just going to get us coffee and, and donuts for the trip. Just wanted to get a head start because you were you were still asleep. And he's like, oh, that's that's nice of you. Any, anyway. So then they're at the Grand Canyon. Robert Downey Jr. is like finally bonded with this guy, and they're actually like kind of friends, even though there's no reason for that to have happened because they're still the same people that they basically were at the beginning of the show. Right, right. Except that Robert Downey Jr. now has a broken arm and collarbone. Um, so Downey Jr. in like a moment of whatever like pity says to Galifianakis like look I want to let you know that I did try to leave you at that motel like I wasn't in a good place I was really angry at you um but I would not I would not leave you now like I just want you to know that you know like I've come around and I genuinely like you and I appreciate everything you've done and Galifianakis is like you know it's really great to hear um I have a confession to make too I've had your wallet this entire time. What? Um, and Danny Jr. is like, like, why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't you just give it to me? He's like, well, because I was in a bad place with my dad being dead. And I just wanted um, somebody to go across country with me. And I didn't think you would do it um, if you had your wallet. So I just I've held your wallet this whole time. So then Robert Downey Jr. smashes his face into the side of the truck. Um, mm. but then they like make up again because they got to get on the road so he can be there for the birth of his child. Mm -hmm. Um, so Galifianakis opens the glove box and there's a Glock in it because it's a you know Mexican police truck mm -hmm. and he pulls it out. And they're sitting there talking about it. And then the gun goes off and he shoots Robert Downey Jr. in the leg. So now Robert Downey Jr. has been shot in the leg and is bleeding. But they can still make it to Los Angeles. So they drive to Los Angeles. They use Galifianakis as the scarf that he wears the entire time, like a like a hippie, you know, whatever scarf. Mm -hmm. um, oh, there's also a gag where I'll, I'll, I don't know, but this is already way past this point. So he he calls himself Ethan Trembley, but his name is actually Ethan Chase. 
but he didn't feel like Chase was an actor's name. He felt like, so he wanted to have an actor's name. And Danny Jr. is like, Chase, Ethan Chase is so much an actor's name. Ethan Tremblay doesn't sound like anything. You sound like an idiot. And he's like, no, Tremblay sounds like 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 good actor's name. And he's like, no, dude, you just sound dumb. Anyway, so. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's the reason why Danny McBride beats him up, basically, is because they get the money transferred. They get transferred to Ethan Tremblay and his driver's license said Ethan Chase to Western Union and they won't give it to him without like proper ID. So anyway, so they get to the hospital. Galifianakis is like carrying Danny Jr. in like with his like, you know, has has him under his armpit or whatever is carrying him. Um, they open the door to like the labor room and there's a black baby on the table so that's the joke is that oh my god like it really was Jamie Foxx's kid because they imply that there was some meeting like nine months before in San Diego when he was out like for whatever and Downey Jr. was out of town and then maybe they fucked Mm-hmm. But Michelle Monaghan, like, says, look, like, I know you're in a bad place, but I would never cheat on you. Like, I love you. I am only want to be with you for the rest of my life. It's actually, like, I wouldn't say it's a sweet scene, but it's whatever. But then they got to get you with that sight gag of, like, the black baby on the thing. But then mm-hmm. the camera pans up, and there's a completely different guy, like, Black Father. They're like, yo, like, you, you, you can't be in here. So then they go to the next room, and that's where Michelle Monaghan is. And then Robert Downey Jr. passes out from loss of blood. Um, and then it turns out that they let Zach Galifianakis cut the cord of the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. in the beginning of the movie has this dream that he's in a forest and he's watching the baby be born. Um, but there's a bear like there, like soaking its feet in the river and the bear, um, gnaws the umbilical cord. And so then there's a joke with did did Zach Galifianakis did he um did he gnaw the umbilical cord but uh, he didn't he just cut it mm-hmm. um so then everybody's all friends and happy and they have the baby and then it cuts like a couple months later and Downey Jr. and his wife and the baby are laying in bed watching Two and a Half Men um mm. and there's Ethan Tremblay in a walk on like a scene like as a minor character um a tutor for the the half man in the two and a half men um mm-hmm. that happens to also be like a, a pot dealer and charlie sheen says fuck how does he say it like do you have any more weed and zach alfanakis says not for nine dollars an hour i don't and that's the end of the movie so due date baby <laughs> all right so I can I can infer a number of things from your description of that. What's wrong with this movie? Like sum it up for me. It doesn't really have a narrative beyond making bad things happen to these people. And in order for that to be funny, theoretically, you have to like want to see those bad things happen to those people right so they have to make that again it's it's a movie of schadenfreude it's not about Mm -hmm. like here's an example i'll give you yeah of a comedy that i love 
Napoleon Dynamite makes its characters ridiculous at times, right? Right. But never dislikable. Right. Like, even the characters that you're not, like, Uncle Rico or whatever, mm-hmm. is not, like, a terrible person. He's just does a couple terrible and things there's a sadness to him right yeah. yeah i mean he's just a very like lonely man that's doesn't really have any direction in his life and is looking for like get rich quick schemes so he can be successful since he's never really had any kind of success and he's lost his ability to be like a lothario like that is implied anyway so sometimes some bad things will happen to those people and sometimes some ridiculous things will happen, but it makes you laugh because it doesn't make you hate the characters, you know, like right. Napoleon dynamite is socially awkward, but he's not an idiot necessarily. He's mm-hmm. just immature and sheltered in a lot of ways, you know, um, his brother is, like a nerd and kind of a weirdo but still like a genuinely like okay person you know that's in love with this woman that he met on the internet i don't know anyway so that's a movie where like you can laugh at the characters but you're not like you don't hate the characters like you don't want to see necessarily bad things happen to them absolutely in this movie they never do anything to make you like a single character and like you never and if you do like i don't know i mean i want to know like what you like like what is it that right because downey jr is just an asshole like he's absolutely like the epitome of this like white privileged prick who has always gotten his way and gets to do whatever he wants because he has money and galifianakis is this delusional loser who consistently does things that cause other people discomfort and trouble because he's like completely selfish and self-absorbed in a way that's not even reasonable in the context of the movie even like jamie fox who's only in it for 10 minutes is making fun of Galifianakis the whole time is like basically implying that he's fucked Robert Downey Jr.'s wife since they've been married and then kicks him out of the house because of a mistake or whatever. Like it just Mm -hmm. like he he's all like, Oh, you know, you guys stay here for a little while. You get freshened up. We'll get some food in you. You know, you take my car. And then all of a sudden he's like, get the fuck out of my house. It's just, Tonally, it makes no sense. There's no narrative structure to it. And it's just not funny. Like, none of that stuff in the movie. Like, I, I'm i trying to think if I laughed at anything. I guess maybe I chuckled a little bit at um, the scene with them high in the car. Because mm-hmm. it was absurdist. Because it's like, the lights of the road are going by, but they look like hyperspace in a Star Wars movie. And mm-hmm. Danny Jr. is like just completely like, you know, like stoned out of his mind. And, um, but even that's not like funny. It was just like, huh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the only thing that made me like kind of chortle, like when you, like in your description, was the idea that it takes him 35 minutes to masturbate. 
Yeah, but the buildup to that, I mean, haha, is, um, <laughs> and it comes up later because Robert Downey Jr. is telling Jamie Foxx about how it takes him 35 minutes to masturbate. And he's like, does he do it raw? And he's like, yeah, no lotion. Like, oh my God. Oh God, so it's a know. joke that comes back on itself? Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that, that comes back into play. Like, they don't let, you know, there's no fucking, what's his name, Schrodinger's gun or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Uh, right i know it's Chekhov's gun I, just, I know i know um schrodinger's gun's really funny right. um the, just trying to combine those two things so the, the answer is you just don't care what's in the box right. and if it's ever going to go off so it's a very it was a very difficult movie for me to watch and it was incredibly difficult to watch in one go and i'm actually pretty proud of myself that i did mm. um i didn't even look how long was it do you know uh 95 that was 95 minutes yeah so 90 minutes roughly the credits but yeah just um but here's the thing and this is what i'll say and mm -hmm. i said this at the beginning and i'm just going to double down on this right now todd phillips is a decent director mm -hmm. and you can see everything in this movie that he has the ability to make a movie like the joker and you know that I'm not like, like I have some problems with the Joker, but I think the Joker is a well-made movie. And I think it's got, you know, sure. Like, I think it shows that this man has the ability to make like a good dramatic movie. And honestly, if you, you could have filmed due date as almost a horror like psychological thriller mm -hmm. and had it be relatively like the same plot you know so guy is stranded his only ride is this guy that's kind of crazy um and it would have been just it actually would have been a pretty successful movie mm -hmm. like you would have had some good actors some good performances a good director you could have done it in a way that was um like creepy you know and that maybe you don't know if Galifianakis is like gonna try and kill Downey or whatever and there's times where it's implied that like he's doing stuff on purpose to make his life more difficult mm -hmm. could have done all those things and it would have been a much more successful movie so it's I'm, I'm glad I don't know what he's doing next but I'm glad that like he moved out of um the realm of comedy at this point and has moved into like more dramatic fare right um I want to. I just want to cap off this discussion of comedies. The thing is, is like you, like I know it's a running joke that you don't like comedies. There's plenty of comedies that you like. Sure. Like we discussed a number of them. Um, yeah. But I, but I would like to get to the core of like, like this idea of like Schadenfreude. It's like you know, I mean, I get it. Like I don't think I necessarily like that either. Um, like curb makes you uncomfortable. Like curb enthusiasm makes you uncomfortable at times. Right. But you can still laugh at that. Yes. um and so it's like it's to the point where it's like when you don't where you don't like the characters and it's just bad things happening all the way along so what comedies if you had to summarize like or like you know bring together like the elements what kind of things do you like in comedy so it's like you like you like a lot of Eddie Murphy movies from the 80s, like, you know, or at least a, a half of them, I would say. Um, 
like of of comedies you you like adam sand like a lot of the adam sandler movies of the 90s a, a good deal of them um you know there's 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 tons of stuff you like and i know we bicker and like disagree on like a lot of the like, 80s stuff that i have nostalgia for but like are you okay with like the national lampoon movies like overall like you know you're not like offended by them or anything like that I like vacation and European vacation and Christmas vacation. Is that what you're talking That's about? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the shit they did later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I enjoy all three of these. You like the Ghostbusters all. movies. Um, <clears throat> you like uh, some of the Kuzak stuff from the 80s, like those comedies, right? Sure. Like, yep. Um, like, so there's a, there's a lot of like Ferris Bueller's you're all right with, like, you know, right? Yeah, that's a that's that's a fine movie. Yeah, how do you feel about the police academy and stuff? Like, I mean, come on, it's police academy. Like, sure, there's stuff in there that made me laugh as a kid. I haven't watched a police academy movie in thirty plus years at this point, probably. But you know, I mean, there there there's some funny stuff in there. We talked about Big before. Big's a, I mean, it has drama, dramatic aspects, but Big Big's a comedy. Like you, we talked about Big. You like Big? You put a crocodile dundee on a fish out of water like podcast fucking three years ago i mean like so there's some element of that that you like um sure eagle juice you like um sure and if we went through the 90s i could do the same thing there's tons of stuff that you like comedies that you actually like um i i'm going to contend that it's the more recent trend in comedies towards a lot of the things that you're talking about and i think it's because it's vignette like I think it's because it's mean and, and mean. Yes, I was going. No, I. I think it's. I think it's like they come up with these like a, kind of absurd concepts that is like just like forced in. And you're right. I think it's the Schadenfreude aspect that you talk about. Because um, the things that you like out of the 2000s, as I was sitting here going through a list, so you like things like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and those kind of mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I like all of those movies. Um, you know, <clears throat> you you like Tropic Thunder, right? Yeah, um, it's a funny movie. You know. But it's like a lot of it is kind of more of the like mainstream stuff to me of like where Sandler goes, I think, and and his people kind of go towards mean stuff. But more so like Will Ferrell, um, like a lot of his stuff is kind of like like mean spirited at times, like in the two thousands. Um, you know uh, what? Like you you don't like Zoolander, do you? I just don't find it funny. I don't have any like particular problem with Zoolander except the comedy doesn't make me laugh. Gotcha. <clears throat> I like absurdist comedy more than anything. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff you named in the 80s and 90s I liked when I was a kid and I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So I can still say that I like it, but I don't know for sure. So you, you like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I like... I like the other guys because the other guys is an absurd movie. Right. And, and it's slightly a parody, I think. Sure. And it, it knows what it is and it doesn't mm-hmm. take itself. It doesn't take itself too incredibly seriously. And it allows you to like Will Ferrell and it allows you to like Mark Wahlberg. You know what I mean? And right. Right. You know, you like, um michael keaton like there's plenty of characters that even though they're doing stupid things and that's where Step Brothers to me is the opposite because they're unlikable characters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
like there's something there's some misunderstanding that happens in the late 90s early 2000s where these dudes think that you have to mock a character mm-hmm. to have that character be funny that you should be laughing at the character rather than you can laugh at a character like and i don't think mr bean is fucking funny at all but like take mr bean for example a lot of people like that shit sure (laughs) you're laughing at things that are happening to and around mr bean both caused by his lackadaisical and ignorant attitude and by circumstance Mm-hmm. but there's never a time where mr bean is somebody that you're laughing at because you want to see bad things happen to him right it's almost like it's honestly and i'm not a big chevy chase fan but it's like what chevy chase does in the vacation movies. like he's a guy that just generally wants to do right by his family and provide good memories for them and be a good father and is consistently put in ridiculous situations both by his own actions and by circumstance and they make you laugh right Mm -hmm. but like everything that happens bad to robert downey jr and zach galifianakis in this movie happens because they're assholes right like they cause all of their own problems and then somehow you're supposed to be at the end of the movie like oh they've changed like oh now they're now they're friends and they're they're gonna make each other lessons yeah and like now like happy ending but it's not it's just stupid you know i don't know i fucking hate that's you what were you 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 hate what you hate what i fucking hate comedies man yeah right except for here's that's what i'm trying to get out of you is that you don't hate comedies you hate certain types of comedies no you're see you're trying to twist this into some backwards ass shit but here's here's the way that you say this i like certain comedies in spite of the fact that i hate fucking comedies comedies don't make me laugh man like i just i laugh at like i don't know jokes that my friends tell and like situations that happen in real life and then occasionally something in a movie will like hit some nerve inside me that makes me that makes me laugh but it's not very often if we went down a list of comedies made since like 1995 i guarantee i like 10 percent of them and i've seen a well, lot yeah but uh, okay all right i think you like comedies more than you actually think you do in terms of like films like i don't care if it like like makes you laugh like you know um that's just like you know i mean christ like you always make jokes about me about how like cynical and dead inside i am like you know i think that's your version of dead inside is that you don't like laugh at comedy no 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 no. see that's the thing is those comedies are dead inside like those comedies are cynical and you laugh at kiss kiss bang bang there's hope to kiss kiss bang bang and you like robert downey jr in that movie and okay you like 
that's what I'm saying is there's certain there's a certain trend in comedies over certainly the past like 25 years that you have learned you, that you've like really grown to dislike intensely which makes perfect sense I'm just saying that it's like you actually as long as it doesn't have those features to it you actually like comedies as long as it doesn't isn't mean you know and doesn't get into weird kind of humor like no because i don't like there's there's plenty of things that don't do that that i don't like i don't find i don't find like fucking like obvious ass jokes like funny most of the time i don't know it's just boring to me why are you always trying to like put me in some position where you trying to eke out of me that like yes you got me i love comedies haha because i don't fuck them all right final answer yes fuck comedies <laughs> all right i wouldn't i i would almost never willingly watch a comedy like because i feel like it's something i want to watch every once in a while something will catch my eye and i'll say okay whatever like i'll put this on but like i'm gonna go to horror mm-hmm. i'm gonna go to like thriller or western i don't know right. whatever like any other genre pretty much before i'm gonna sit down and watch a comedy sure i think i'm the same way anymore honestly I'm a, I, and i would die on that hill like unless somebody tells me that i should watch something because it's good and even then like i really have to trust them if it's some comedy because i was dating aaron and she was like oh you know what it's a great movie stepbrothers let's mm. let's rent stepbrothers and watch mm-hmm. it and we're sitting there and she's like no, this should be funny. <laughs> and i was right. talking and i was like i had a, a lady over like last year and she's like oh you know what we should do we should watch some whatever the fucking asshole with the puppets and we're watching it and i'm like yo this shit is real racist like that's not funny and she's like oh it's fine it's funny who's the ah. asshole with the puppets i don't even know who that uh, is jeff dunham or something like that i don't know the oh, asshole. jesus the asshole comedian with the puppets I, okay but it's I'll, also I'll not up. funny it's just like i don't okay. know it's just not funny <laughs> gotcha. larry larry the cable guy colin health inspector is a comedy and that's what comedy right. is <laughs> All right, so good segue. What's your chagrin score on this disaster? It's an eight. Eight. It still doesn't reach the levels of Larry. No, because the performances are good and the direction is good. Gotcha. And again, I think that if you just remove the comedy element from it and keep the basic premise the same and the the same actors, I think you have a really good psychological thriller yeah well this guy's writing black adam so maybe there will be dog licking semen jokes um in that somewhere i mean come on it's been 12 years like hopefully he's matured somewhat hopefully yeah um yeah he's your age so would you have made would you made dog um semen licking jokes 12 years ago you think you know what though here's the thing if it's fucking funny and something about mary you like do you like something about there's yes. something about mary yeah because it's absurd because it's got it's got a, it 
it's I, good think I think there's funny stuff in it, but I don't know if I'm like a big fan of it necessarily. I'm not a big fan of it either, but it's <laughs> like the whole Brett Favre. Say, I mean, like there's so many things the first time you see that movie when you don't know what's going to happen. They catch you off guard in a way that's clever and interesting, and it makes you laugh. And that's what's important to me. It's like, I can't... Do you think you anticipate the jokes too much, then? Yeah, because they're they're so fucking obvious. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. There's a new fact. I, I think, think that's think another that reason why, why people like comedy so much, because they can anticipate what's going to happen, and they're proud of themselves for being able to, like, and they're like, ha, 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 I knew that was coming. <laughs> it's like I told you that story about the woman at work the other day. He was talking to me about, like... <laughs> Talking to me about um, um, fucking vacation. Talking about the dog pissing on the sandwiches. Now Chevy Chase, mm-hmm. he's going to eat that sandwich. He, mm-hmm. he's got, that dog messed on that sandwich. He's going to get real sick. It's like, right, thanks. <laughs> Way to predict it. But, you know, I can't be an asshole to right. somebody at work. Right? Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's a funny movie. Got I also That's- like comedies. I'm also <laughs> a, a regular person. Hello, fellow humans. Let us watch this funny movie. <laughs> Uh, as you watched like last year Marion Bad for like 120th time <clears throat> amazing movie that's why it's a really good movie up nice. on the Criterion Network now yeah check it out alright so, <clears throat> so here's the movie here's the yeah, movie your, your journey continue your journey yeah. um so you I, I've read about this movie several times and you would watch this movie I think like the beginning of COVID and I thought you said the movie was really bad, which is why I really hadn't watched it. But this movie called The House is October Built. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's found footage horror film that follows a group of recent college graduates or about to be like grad school graduates <clears throat> who are going on a cross-country trip in an RV at Halloween to find the most extreme, scariest haunted houses. Which, reading that description, I thought was a really stupid premise. Um, and I felt like it would be super lame and had, like, it's something that's been on, a, like, I've had it on a watch list for a long time and, like, a bunch of places. And I'm like, eh, I really don't want to watch this. And I would never watch it. So, because it takes place on a road trip, um, when you spun the wheel last week and you got the road trips going to arrive, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking watch that movie. So, I gave you the setup. Um, so these this group of friends who are also generally unlikable, although less unlikable than most found footage. Sure. There's only one person in the movie really that's kind of the 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 Dusex Machina character that drives them along the entire time and is gen genuinely, I think, a completely unlikable character. Yeah, all the rest are just um, boring. Right. I mean, they're just people and they yeah. feel like people, which I, I actually really appreciated Sure, because they're not like super witty or interesting. They're just, right. you know, a group of friends that has shared stories and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, But they act like dicks and they mm-hmm. are looking for this mythical blue skeleton haunted attraction, which is supposedly like the most extreme haunt, which I also I, I actually hated that, that they call it haunts like all the time. Instead of haunted houses or whatever, because like these hipster fucks, um, don't watch the movie Haunt. Them. I I have watched the movie Haunt and I did not enjoy it. Um, 
I see you got me all fucked up now. They're looking um, for your blue skeleton. Yeah. yeah, so they go to a series of different haunted haunted houses, I'm just going to say it. Um, and eventually they start to encounter these same um, actors in different ones that seem to be following them. And then those people start to intrude on their lives, like in the RV, and they start to kind of mess with them. And um, a bunch of stuff happens. I don't really want to spoil like some of it because I think a lot of the interest in the movie comes with kind of just experiencing it yourself. Um, but ultimately, it turns out that like they've gotten in over their heads, and right. um, it comes to a you know terrible conclusion, I guess, or whatever. So I just want to say about this movie, because again, like I, I did not think I would like it. So I was really pleasantly surprised at how much I did like it. Um, I thought it was really well filmed for a found footage film. I never thought there was a reason that didn't make sense why someone was filming. Um, That's true. Except at the very end, because it's super yeah. hard to stick the landing in those movies. Mm -hmm. But the idea that it's now not them filming, it's somebody else filming them um almost as like a sick like irony to their situation mm -hmm. um i think makes it like a lot better um i thought it had some pretty i thought the i, I thought the conceit of them being in the different haunted houses and having the scares happen in those places but then interweaving like this group of psychopaths basically that's like following them and tracking their movements and you know sort of putting them in positions where they can kind of manipulate them. Um, I thought it was really interesting, like seeing, like, like recognizing these characters come back. And um, the only thing that I found unbelievable about it, and this is like maybe my biggest problem in general with found footage, there's always an element of disbelief that comes with it that is really hard to suspend because there's always some characters that are doing things that make absolutely no sense from a self-preservation standpoint. Sure. And the Mike character, who's the guy that's like dry, like kind of pushing this entire thing, not being able to give up on, like realizing that they're in danger and not yes. being able to give up on his, like, oh, we said we were going to do it. We have to do it. It's like, no, you fuck. Like, these people are going to murder you. They've already proven that they don't mind hurting you. Like, just fucking let it go. Like, go off and live your life. Um, It's idiotic. Yeah. Yeah. But again, he's the only character that you really come to loathe in the movie, I think. Um, and usually in found footage horror films, like it's almost every character becomes detestable. Because you almost have to make everyone like a raving egomaniac in order for a movie like that to make sense. Because otherwise, why is anybody filming constantly in these fucked up situations? So again, because most of the filming is taking place in these haunted houses, and you're seeing things as a viewer that you recognize as dangerous that they don't see because of the circumstance, that actually makes it make sense. And the fact that they're making a documentary about these haunted houses. And I don't know, like, so it's it, it interspersed throughout the movie are interviews with um, people that I wonder, are those real, like, interviews with people that own and operate haunted houses? I, like, I, I didn't get, I, I, I mean, I didn't really look into it. I have no idea. It. I didn't get the feeling those people were actors. I got the impression that those those were legit interviews with people who 
are in some way involved in that industry. It's really good acting jobs if they're actors. I mean, it's probably real interviews with those people. Yeah, especially for bit parts like that. So, sure. so anyway, I don't really want to spoil the movie necessarily because I think the going in, if you've never seen it fresh, is the best way to go in. But um, I really thought it was worth watching. Um, I don't know if I think it's one of the best movies of the past like decade, best horror movies that some people seem to say um but it's definitely better than most of the found footage stuff you're gonna see and most of the you know lower budget direct-to-video shit that you're gonna watch in general so any anybody that puts them in the top 10 of the last decade is i think foolish um i i don't like this movie as much as you seemingly did i think there's some merit to it um it's probably second for me in terms of haunts um, being involved as like the main feature of a horror movie. I would What's say. The first? As much as I have a problem with it, is I think it's Hell, Hell House LLC. Oh no, I like this movie far more than Hell House LLC. Oh Jesus! Well, I mean, could you even see what was happening in the last twenty minutes of this movie? I mean, yeah. Um, you have your TV too dark. Um. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it after. All right. Um, this, I I I, just I think this movie's okay. Like it's here's it, it so didn't stand here, out to me in like hardly any way. But you're right about like the found footage aspect of it. Like that it makes sense. Like and this is what I like that. because there's nothing. Be, the pro, my problem with Hell House LLC is that there's a supernatural element to it that's revealed very early in that movie like in their occupation of that hotel supernatural element, like clearly supernatural and those idiots just stay there sure in houses that october built it's just it's just people yeah like it's incredibly plausible that you would not necessarily recognize especially like going to like multiple haunted houses like that yeah. that you would not recognize a repeated like you know made-up clown monster thing or scary like girl or whatever you know what i mean until it was like too late and that's what happens and i yeah i i my thing is i think that there's things images that and ideas that legitimately unnerve me to some degree in hell house where this movie nothing unnerved me whatsoever about any of it like um i mean first that's the biggest difference for me i mean I don't know if anything unnerves me ever, but it's probably it's probably an exaggeration to use the so that word, okay. It, so I I just felt that that Hell House is so contrived, like that the entirety of like the plot and the action, and it's got some really cool visual elements to it. Like there's some really cool set design and. Mm-hmm especially the the makeup and the practical effects in that movie sure but it never makes any sense like it no, never it makes... doesn't but i i like a lot of the stuff with like the little things where it's like the the mannequins like you know head turning and like you know and like the the darkness and the encroaching like you know specters like kind of like mm. you know figures coming towards it i i like some of the way some of that stuff is done I don't even like Hell House LLC. I told you not to watch that either. Um, I don't like any of these movies. Like, I think 
I think in the order of like the main ones, it's like to me, it's Hell House LLC, this actually haunt, and then Hellfest. Um, out of the main ones of the past five years. Um, I've told you, isn't, to, I've told you to avoid all of those. I isn't think. Houses October like 10 years old? It is. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, whatever. I still think it's pre COVID, so it's close enough. Well, let me tell you about the past two years, buddy, because you're not going to be happy. <laughs> you know what you should do? I would, here's what I want you to do and update us is I want you to watch the Houses October Built 2. I actually intended to. I put it on okay. my watch list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Only because I feel like since I listen, I'm not saying this is a great movie or anything, mm-hmm. but I expected to hate it and I didn't hate it. I gotcha. actually enjoyed several elements from it and was impressed with a few things. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't see the end of the movie? Um you're talking about when they're in the house, right? Yeah, I mean yeah, like that whole like last like fifteen minute sequence. Like I-, I can see it, but it's like they're purposely like at times like trying to like make it really dark so you don't. Sure, see they're it. making a movie for like seventeen dollars. Yeah. Anyway, better than <laughs> I expected. Gotcha. And if you're a fan of horror movies, like it's you won't be. I I don't think you'll be disappointed. I don't imagine you would be disappointed watching it. I think that you would enjoy enough elements of it where you'd be okay yeah all right you ready to spin this wheel frank we got nothing else to talk about no i (laughs) what do you what do you want to talk about oh i'm going to tell people not to watch uma Mm, okay um and i hate to say that because there's a lot of that movie that i like a lot but uh it is a very it's very disappointing and very much it's a fake horror movie where there's no actual horror even though it involves like ghosts and shit so if you saw the trailers and you kind of marked out to it which i did and thought it looked really good um i believe you will be very disappointed and i would say if it comes on for free somewhere like go ahead because sandra o's performance is really good and um the direction and the acting is good in general but it's it's not a good horror movie and it was just really disappointing yeah that's so. sad i was i was kind of looking forward to that from the trailer i know i and dude i spent 20 bucks to watch that motherfucker so um you know that i was disappointed right yeah i i don't know the only thing i can don't watch the last right on hulu um because i have to I have a compulsive need to watch every possession movie, but um terrible. Terrible, terrible possession movie, the last right. Um, that came out last year. Uh did nothing new from the exorcists, you know. Um I'm always really annoyed when movies call themselves the last anything. Right. <clears throat> like, no, you're not. You know, like well, if it was successful, it wouldn't have been. It will be in this case. <clears throat> No, because there will be a thousand possession movies between now and the. Oh end yeah, of our but lives. there won't be a last right too. You didn't Hopefully. watch Lan- Lanterns Lane. Lantern, what is that? I don't know. It's the movie that's right next to the last right on Hulu's main <laughs> page. Uh, no, it probably looks too cheap for me. Um, there are some movies that look too cheap, like a recent college graduate and her estranged high school friends return to Lanterns Lane 
the home of a real urban legend and must fight to survive the night. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't it's, appeal it's, to It's me. comedy horror. This is right up your fucking alley. Oh, comedy. All right. Um, you know, I got God, I see you like horror comedies like much more than me. Like, I do not like horror comedies most of the time. Yeah, I really enjoy most horror comedies yeah. that I watch. Yeah, it's true. You like you like comedy westerns and shit too. Um, mm, that's not a real thing. Uh, right. Name good. a comedy western. Fuck, it's Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Django Teriyaki masala or whatever the fuck that movie like <laughs> you just god you're <laughs> so fucking racist it's sukiyaki django western i yes i know masala doesn't even fit with the overall theme get your get your cultural misappropriation rate if you're gonna culturally misappropriate all right we're doing the thing let's do it post-apocalyptic fun no that's nice apocalyptic fun that's right up my alley it is oh my god oh i hope it comes (laughs) i just bought a movie that fits this this category perfectly i'm so excited you just bought a movie (laughs) yeah from vinegar syndrome (laughs) okay we talked um, about vinegar is, syndrome, right? This is, yeah, we have. This is just the. This is right up your alley, then, right? It's I know. I'm. St- I'm super like, fucking stoked. I hope it comes before next week so I can watch it. Right. It's going to be terrible too, man. I I think it's going to be a really real. I, I think it's going to be really funny, but it's. Yeah, I'm. Um, man, that's that's amazing. Good job. <laughs> Good wheel spinning. <laughs> Even if I don't get that movie, there's like at least like six or seven other movies that are on my queue right now you'd be surprised right. how many post-apocalyptic movies there are you like you, you you like those movies yeah i know i do and here's the thing this is the beauty of the post-apocalyptic genre especially in the 1980s mm-hmm. they're so fucking cheap for people to make like they didn't mm-hmm. cost any money you just need some beat up vehicles you know some pieces of metal and like some leather or something and you got you got yourself you got yourself a stew going you know <laughs> right um yeah you can make it for 17 dollars um you know it's a terrible movie that's on hulu the resort that? did you watch the resort is that with the two guys acting like assholes no nah, that's a different movie it's two guys and two girls that go to this um hold on let me look this island and there's so, you know, I, I watched haunt twice because like i didn't because it was on two different places and then i just watched it the second time out of malaise like um yeah that's it's, that's that's a bad move on your part because haunt's a terrible fucking movie it's a terrible movie but i mean uh, um i also i also watched that other movie that you told me to watch hold on what is this movie the resort Hey, Sputnik's on Hulu. Everyone should go watch Sputnik. Sputnik is, yeah, I like Sputnik. I have not watched the resort. Um, 
no there's something about the the cover of that that made me not ever want to watch it yeah i'm gonna tell you not to watch it and then you'll probably end up watching it when you're drunk <laughs> one night in the summer and then what you'll be like you'll be like i watched this movie the resort blah uh-huh. blah blah and i'm like yeah i told you to fucking watch that movie. what <clears throat> there's another movie on an island where it's like aquatic (laughs) no it's a horror movie um i don't know i can't i forgot censor is on hulu too i gotta watch that movie again hey let the right one in is on hulu and parasite Hmm. Hmm. hulu's got some good shit i pay money for this shit and i don't ever look at it I always assume nothing's on Hulu. It's possible I've seen the resort. It's two guys and two girls go there, and there's this... I can't remember where they are, like Indonesia or something, maybe, and there's this resort that was abandoned, and the locals like won't go to the island, so they find a way to sneak to the island to go into the resort, no. and guess what? It's haunted okay no that that's that's not the one i'm thinking of i'll I'll really have to dig deep it was definitely on hulu that i watched a movie though that involves is it just fan oh no it's what's his name fucking bloom um is it a fantasy island like fantasy island is a a josh bloom a bloom house movie right that's like a horror movie or whatever that like a horror take on it is that true i never watched it yeah it's definitely a horror take um, i just know it exists yeah that was that movie was terrible um fantasy island i don't know yeah because michael Payne is in i know that yes and fucking maggie q um all right uh, have you watched they... the twilight movie supernatural horror movie yeah what's that sorry what was that have you watched the twilight movies watched breaking dawn part one or two in the theater because it was when Brandy and I first started dating and her and Olivia went to go see it and I went with them. How do you feel about that now? I mean, you're still married, so. Sure. I thought it was really funny, honestly, like when I watched it because I had no context for hardly any of it. So just watching it as a film and the filmmaking aspect of it, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> somebody um somebody explained the plot of that movie to, uh, to me the other day mm-hmm. because i said i had never seen it and they're like oh and then they just went off and like told me everything that happens in it mm-hmm. and when they like they explained it i said you know when you explain that plot it actually sounds like a, a lot more interesting than i imagined it comes off when i would watch it so right. i'm gonna i'm gonna stand by that and i'm never gonna watch it damn who is like nick cage central Oh, yeah, they're all in. All in on the cage. Hmm. I mean, that's where you ended up watching a lot of those cage movies in the past two years. Like, was... was yeah. Cool. The problem with that is, um, damn, I can't believe we got the post-apocalyptic. That's so exciting. <laughs> um, the problem with that is that I had already paid for a lot of them, and then they came up on Hulu. Yeah, we did that, I think. I honestly, at this point, I'm ready to just declare that the quick cage led to everything that's happening right now. 
So out of our uh, six, it, out of our six listeners, what do you think? I are you I all influencers? Am, I'm convinced. Okay, that is not a coincidence. That it's like we did the quick cage. You watch the movies, um, but so but we did the quick cage as a series right. for two years, and then suddenly, like what five months after we end it fucking everything is about nicholas cage everything he's doing reddit amas like he's like you know like everybody's like publishing articles about like the renaissance of cage and he's all over the place all over the place like i um i think we at least contributed to the uh what do you call it uh the, 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 uh the zeitgeist of the return of cage mm. in some way okay fine i'll take it okay hey um they just put henry up on uh arrow hmm. i bet that's an amazing fucking transfer it probably really is yeah might have to watch I'll... that this weekend that's a hard movie for me to watch it was much easier last time but it's still a hard movie for me to watch I feel like it's been enough time now where I can do it. Yeah, I guess it's been two years since we watched it. Yeah. All right. So next week, post-apocalyptic fun. Is this a recent movie or an old movie? Uh, it's that you got coming in. Okay. All right. I think I can deal with that much more. Um, I don't think I like modern interpretations of the apocalypse, like the apocalypse and post-apocalypse. I don't like you, so. I think I'd much prefer the 80s version of it. All right. Well, next week, post-apocalyptic fun. We'll be back in two weeks with uh, the top five horror movies of 1973. So, um, and then May's coming up. That's Fresh Five, Fresh Five month. So, I got four of them. Yep. We'll get there. Might have number five tomorrow. We'll see what happens. All right. Have a good night, night, everyone. Have a good evening. Yep. Deuces.